0: Hey, everybody, welcome to the Pastor Mike Drop Podcast. I am your host, Mike Householder, joined by my co host, Emily Langpaul. Hi. Hi, Emily. Good to see you.
1: You too. All right,
0: we have three sp- very special guests today. Would you like to introduce them?
1: Yes, with us we have youth leaders all across Hope campuses Jordan Wiskowski Wachter at Hope Waukee, yes. Matt Barrick at Hope Grimes, and Pastor Nick Brannon here in West Des Moines. Hey, Hi, guys. Hey, guys. Hi. Thanks
0: for joining us. We're really, I'm, I'm looking forward to this conversation on so many levels, but. Um, today we're going to focus in on what would youth ministers want the rest of the world to know? Because mm-hmm. you guys have a unique perspective mm-hmm. um, and you see things. So uh, without further ado,
1: yeah, let's dive in. Do some questions.
2: Hey. Why don't we just jump right in? Anybody got any
3: questions?
1: Our first question we're going to go to each of you is how did you get here and what got you into youth ministry? Jordan, do you want to start? Oh yes, uh, yeah. So I started at
4: Hope. This is I just completed my sixth full year of student ministry, wow. which is crazy. Um, but I started in twenty. That would make it twenty sixteen. I came from State Farm, and uh, I actually was leading a Power Life group. Uh, and it's something God did something on a retreat, and I remember going to Mark Brandt after we got off the bus of the retreat. I'm like, hey, if you don't have any job openings, just anywhere in the United States that our youth ministry, let me know, like what a broad, (laughs) weird question to ask. He's like, okay. And two weeks later, I was just on the computers at Hope. We used to have computers upstairs, which is kind of funny. And I looked it up, and there was a student ministry coordinator at Hope Waukee. I'm like, okay, God. And so I applied literally that night. I left my group. I had my co-leader do the worship part, and I was like out there (laughs) typing to Pastor Pat. And so the rest is history. And I love it. So good history.
1: Yeah, Yeah,
0: I remember that. I remember that whole process. That was really exciting Mm -hmm. because we saw you grow up here at Mm -hmm. Hope, and I always kind of thought, Man, Jordan, not only were you active in the student ministry here yep. at Hope the Youth Group, but uh, very much a leader uh, amongst mm. folks along like, the way. So, <laughs> you, no, you were. You definitely set <laughs> it up. My tone. senior year. Yeah. <laughs> 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 and then you were, I didn't know you worked for State Farm. I guess yep. I forgot that. Yep. So,
4: Just for the two years out of school, and then it, there's a longer God story to it, but my boss gave me two years, and he said, then I want you to move on to something else. And on my two-year anniversary at State Farm, I got mm. the offer for Hope. That was cool. Very well, cool. Very
0: cool. Time to be like a good neighbor in a new way. <laughs> there <laughs> <So> you go. <laughs> I had to do it. Yeah. <laughs> it just, you just put it out there. You know, had, wow. Had take, sorry. <laughs> That's great. Let's move on. Matt, tell us, how how did you get the call into student ministry?
2: Yeah, so I got my call into youth ministry uh, after I graduated high school. I went to a youth conference, and I just felt God was stirring things up in me, and I was talking to my youth minister, and he was like, I think you're experiencing a call into youth ministry. Have you ever considered that? And I'm like, no. Um, my dad's a pastor, mm-hmm. and uh, I, as I, was, I distinctly remember during my senior year, I was going through all the possible jobs that I could do, and pastor was one of them, but I'm like, no, I don't know the Bible well enough, so... <laughs> (laughs) I was like, no, we're we're just going to skip that. But God had other plans. And so I spent about eight years down south studying and things like that, Mm -hmm. as well as serving in a number of churches. But uh, I got called back to Iowa because my mom was battling Alzheimer's. And so I wanted to be here with family. Uh, And so when I was searching for jobs, I came across the Hope Grimes position three times. The first two times I would look at Hope and I'm like, oh, this is great. But then I saw like how big it was. And I'm like, no, I'm not doing this. And so, uh, but the third time, uh, God's peace was just on it. So I'm like, okay, God, we'll we'll just see what le- this leads to. Um, and so far, God has not closed the door. So you I
3: right <laughs> <laughs> no, we're, yeah, we're,
0: we're
2: leaving that door, like, <laughs> wide open
3: uh, completely.
0: Lovely. Pastor Nick?
3: Yeah, I, so I grew up at Hope, and uh, you had mentioned Mark Brandt. Mark Brandt oh, yeah. was in the youth pastor position uh, at that time. So he was my uh, uh, student ministry director yeah. or whatever his title was at that time. And he, um, summer of... My freshman year, he called me. Actually, he didn't call me. He said, I'm going to be at Hickory Park in Ames, Iowa. Would you like a barbecue sandwich? And I said, yes, Mark, I would like a barbecue sandwich. You're a college student. Yes. And you're
0: getting a free barbecue sandwich. And
3: so I I went uh, to get this barbecue sandwich. And during the course of the conversation, he said, would you like to be a student ministry intern this summer? And I said, will you pay me? And he said, it's church pay, but yes. And I was like, yeah, all right, because I didn't have a job lined up or anything. And so that just was going to be my summer gig, and uh, we actually had a leadership conference during that summer that I got to be a part of uh, as an intern on staff, and God just rang the bell for me in that conference. There was uh, someone just talking about the church, and I had never really thought about going into ministry or student ministry or, or anything like that. It, it just was a summer job, but then huh. God said, no, I have a lot more for you to do, and uh and I, I still get chills just thinking about it. And when I walk through the worship center, I can still see like where I was sitting, and and so it's kind of like this holy section for me in the <laughs> worship center. So anyway, uh, that's how God called me into ministry, and so I went off to seminary. And uh, the there was an opening for uh, high school ministry here at West Des Moines, and uh, it was, we were living up in the Twin Cities doing seminary at the time, my wife and I, and. We had always wanted to get back to Hope. That was always our dream. Uh, well, we saw this uh, uh, this opening. We had a phone conversation with some staff folks, and I told my wife, honey, I think it went really well. And she's like, I'm going to look for jobs in Des Moines, too. It was a company she always wanted to look for or work for. If we did move back to Des Moines, they had posted a job posting. Uh, she applied to that. I got the hope job. She got the the job where she's at. And there wasn't another posting like that for her and her profession for another few years in that oh, uh, wow. in that corporation. And so God just brought us back to Des Moines and set us on this path as a family. And so that was that was amazing.
0: Cool. Yeah, God has a call for all of us. And I think maybe one of the highest compliments I can give the three of you is it's at the point. And Jordan and Nick, you guys were both growing up here at Hope. Matt, you came to Hope, uh, from growing up in your dad's church. Obviously, you're not coming here, uh, but I cannot imagine, and Emily, I'm sure you agree, since you sort of oversee and supervise mm-hmm. this whole area of ministry for all of Hope. I can't imagine Hope without you three in these positions. Mm-hmm. Your influence has been so huge on so many students. So many, and student ministry isn't just students; it's families. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. it it goes way beyond just well, here's these teenagers to to take care of. Uh, which kind of leads into our next question, Mm -hmm. uh, which talks about some of the the ups and the downs of student ministry and youth ministry. And and there are certainly a lot of both.
1: Yeah. What's the best part and the most challenging part of serving as a youth minister?
2: I think for me, the best part is uh, getting to see the students, uh, just the ways that they grow. And and Mm -hmm. I think it's because, a lot of times we, we make God too small, right? Like we just kind of expect God to just do the normal thing, Mm. but, but to see the transformation that takes place at such young ages, right? Like for me, like one of my philosophies and mottos is like, I want my kids to be far beyond what I was when I was their age. Right. And so Mm -hmm. many of them already are like, um, getting to do confirmation like we did recently and to hear their face statements. It's just like, wow, like that's really incredible. Mm -hmm. As well as it's also like encouraging because sometimes it's like, am I doing? Anything? Yeah. like uh-huh. Or is this like getting through? Or are they just think about Fortnite or TikTok or whatever. <laughs> um, and and but but no, like there's kids are so much more capable than uh, I think a lot of us give them credit for, and and so is God, and so I just see God doing so many uh, things in their lives, as well as also um, I love seeing the way that God works in uh, in the volunteers' lives as well. You talked about yeah. how student ministry isn't just about the students, um, and so I love when volunteers say like uh, I'm, I'm getting more out of this than the kids. I I feel like, you know, like that's awesome. Or uh, to see, you know, like a dad start um, his uh, the, this past year. And he's like, honestly, like I couldn't wait for this to be over. But then it was like the last week. He's like, I don't want this to end. Right. Yeah. And so it's just like, wow, like God's doing some really incredible things there. Yeah. Um, but there's certainly a lot of challenges. And I think the pandemic has like magnified a whole lot of them. But mm-hmm. um, but, you know, like mental health is, is just a big one. Yeah. Um, and so mm-hmm. there's so many struggles there. Um, there's so much pressure and busyness. And it's just like when I look at the lives of students, I'm just like, I'm glad that I'm not in middle school right now or high school right now, because there is just so much pressure. Um, And so so I think there's there's a lot more challenges than um, a lot of uh, adults who are removed or or unaware of what it is like to be a student these Mm -hmm. days. Um, I think uh, I think that's a really big challenge for sure. Mm -hmm.
0: Um, When students are challenged uh and the pressures continue to grow you said it you said it so well i look back and i thought there was a lot of pressure on students when i was in high school mm-hmm. and and how much you know you had to deal with and i can't imagine doing that in a world of social media i can't imagine doing that in a world where everything is on phones and everybody's connected to everybody all the time man that's heavy yeah so many times in ministry and i think you're alluding to that too you don't think you're getting anywhere. You, you don't think yeah. that there's any yeah. progress at all. But if you can demonstrate the love of God, I mean, demonstrate it, not just teach it, not right. just say, well, here's the Bible verse, here's the thing, but you actually love people. You mm-hmm. actually take the time to be there. You yep. take the time mm-hmm. to care. You show them that there's another human being in this world uh, who is, is more than happy to give this time to them. Mm-hmm. That plants a seed. And then later, sometimes those students come back to me. Yeah. Even as adults, they're like, yeah. I know I was trouble mm. you know, for you. But um, I got to tell you how important it was that my volunteer leaders loved me
3: or, yeah. my, or my youth ministers loved me or they mm-hmm. took the time for me. It's a game changer. Mm-hmm. So, Pastor Mike, I want you to know, I know I was trouble for you. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, Maybe a, a little. little. Maybe a little. <laughs> Uh, and, and that but it, you were easy to love oh thank you yeah. uh, well that 's something that that i I always try to remember too whenever I see those types of dynamics i 'm like, well, this could be the next youth pastor yeah. uh, because I was doing that i was uh, in, in most cases i there 's a few cases that i 've seen behavior issues i 'm like well i didn 't do that in high school, but uh, most cases I was, I was a high schooler. Mm-hmm. I was a teenager. And, uh, and it's so easy to forget that sometimes and say, oh, well, you should just be mature mm-hmm. as opposed to meeting people where they are. <laughs> and, uh, and that's what Jesus does is he, he came to us. Yeah. He mm-hmm. met us where we were. And, uh, and then he says, follow me. He, he doesn't say what's wrong with you. Mm-hmm. And
4: or I'll come back when you're ready. When you're I ready. Yeah. 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 Sit
3: down and have yeah. a little time out. Yeah. And, but man, when kids are going through it mm-hmm. and to be able to walk with them, uh, just like you said, and, and to to be a consistent presence in their life, that's just so rewarding. Uh, I, I, I don't know, the challenge for me sort of is the reward. Mm-hmm. And I, I love being able to see that come to fruition. We got to take a bunch of juniors, and Matt, you were with me too. Uh, we got to take juniors and seniors to, uh, up to Kairos, our college ministry in Ames. And I saw all these former students yeah. and they were just like, they were served on student leadership teams and they were terrible and, or they did, <laughs> uh, they were singing and it was okay. Or they, but then I see them at Kairos and it's just like, what is yeah. going and they're leading and and yeah. their voice and their, uh, the way that they're loving others. It, it's just, it's incredible to see their faith blossom. Mm-hmm. And so that's the reward. That's just the the coolest thing to get to see, and I, I heard that it was happening, but I got to see it with my own eyes, and that was a blessing.
0: When they don't do everything perfect, well, neither do we, you yeah. know. And so, yeah. welcome, yeah. welcome to the club, you know. Yeah. Welcome yeah. to the family where um, we're here just by the grace of God, trying yeah. to make this work. This also leads into the, essential, uh, the essentialness of, of youth ministry into our next question, which you guys have already touched on. But after you ask it, Emily, I want to take it just a little deeper.
1: Yeah. What challenges do teens face today?
0: All right. So, Pastor Nick, I want to start with you on this one. You know, We've already talked about pressures and social media and coming out of tough situations at home. What else do you see out there, or do you want to take one of those
3: further? Yeah. The, I mean, it's... It's almost impossible to talk about what this generation is experiencing without talking about technology because Mm. technology has poured fuel on the fire that of we've all experienced being a teenager, you know, for a grown up. But they have fuel poured on that fire and it is enormous. It Mm. is, is almost impossible to live in this generation and to look at everything that's happening on social media and feel like a secure human being. It's it's almost impossible. And so we're constantly, uh, I would say every night of ministry that we have, I have a conversation with a teenager uh, that is either feeling depressed, self-harming, having suicidal ideation. It is, and, and I think that the pandemic plays into it, yes. Uh, but I do think that there was a pandemic before the pandemic. Mm. Uh, and that pandemic was, mental health. Mm -hmm. Uh, and so mental health and spiritual health are, they're, they're integrated. They're, they're, they are totally connected to one another. And so, um, one of the things we talk about in our care ministry at Hope is if we don't have the mental health things in place, then it's hard to work on some of the other things that people want help with. And so, um, so we've been doing a lot of work with students on that. And I, I've sat with students that they're dealing with their mental health through all sorts of different things whether it's an addiction to their screen, whether it's an addiction to video games, uh, whether it's vaping, whether like, like you can just list all the things that scare parents. Um, And they should, there's, there's scary things. There's real consequences to them. Um, But underneath all of that is someone who's hurting and is looking for something deeper and they don't really know where or how to get it. And that's what makes youth ministry exciting to me is that, well, we can point them to Jesus and Jesus can give them what their soul is looking for. Uh, and so if we can surround them with that love, then uh, I think that there's, there's some serious hope for them.
4: Yeah. And with that, that question, um, I we got these ahead of time. And so I went ahead and asked some of my students, like, what is the challenges you face? Like, I mm-hmm. have my ideas of them, yeah. but what are they? Mm-hmm. And unanimously, it was that we are a misunderstood generation. mm
1: mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
4: And it got me to thinking, like, what what does that mean fully? And they have a whole te- – like, they texted me long paragraphs about it. And I think something that I want to pay attention to, the mental health um, of the generations, whatever generation you're a part of, um, it's really important for us to look at, like, how the kids are processing through this, whether they're seeing, getting therapy or whatever um, it may be or who they're, whoever's walking alongside them. Um, and something that I think about – is when there is adults that are like, don't approve. Some parents are like, you don't need therapy. Yeah. Because I think sometimes there's yes. an internal struggle. I'm not a parent, but there's an internal struggle of like, how did I mess you up that you need therapy? Yes. Mm-hmm. And when really it's not about that, it's growing up. And and you're going to mess up as parents, and, but also um, you are doing an amazing job of parenting as well. And so I think about, we can learn from the students about how they are going about processing their mental health. Um, And when I mean by their struggles, I mean, um, my friend Amber Dismute, she's the landing um, director here at Hope West Des Moines, and she always says in the concept of marriage, she says that married people don't have only married people problems, they have single people problems they brought into marriage. That's insane to me, Um, but so true, and it rings true in my life. Well, I also think that about adulthood and adolescent. So adolescence, so when you have um, adult problems, some of the time they're actually adolescent problems you brought into adulthood. Mm-hmm. And so for me, what can we learn from the adolescent stage that they're in right now about how they're processing their emotions, how they're processing what they're actually feeling, and, so, and just like going back to what Jesus does, he comes alongside us in the journey, doesn't say figure it out and I'll be back for you. Um, adults <laughs> can do that for students. And that's, I mean, that's the power of leading a small group, but also just your neighborhood kid that's a teenager that you see struggling, go to them, talk to them. Now, yeah. will they converse with you? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> they might think you're creepy. Don't be creepy. But like, just say yeah. like, hey, how are you? Or Please whatever. Just make sure you have a relationship first with them. But, um, but yeah, so I don't know. That's some, some things I'm, I'm learning with the challenges anyway, of mm-hmm. coming alongside them and, and learn from them.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So, Really good stuff. The So don't be creepy. I'm writing that down mentally. (laughs) That's that's (laughs) part of it. That's awesome. It strikes me as you were saying that if being a student has got its unique challenges today, which is going to get us into our next question. Mm -hmm. So we might as well put that on the board right now. (laughs) Emily, do you want to go ahead and ask that one? Yeah.
1: What are some of the biggest general misconceptions about students?
0: Yeah, and you you just you just brought that right out there. So when you talk to students about this. About the previous question is what are the challenges is they say they are misunderstood
1: mm-hmm. as a whole generation as a, as a generation
0: mm-hmm. they're they're not understood I think so much of the pressure that students feel and it makes it hard to be a kid also makes it really hard to be a parent then Absolutely. too mm-hmm. and so I'm glad you said that look parents you're you're doing great mm-hmm. yeah but it would be helpful still if we could understand even more mm-hmm. uh, about these things understand what these students are up against Because knowledge is, well, it's gold in this situation, right? Mm
4: -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I do feel like um, in my own family dynamic, um, my parents have done a really good job of confronting the awkward conversations. Yeah. And sometimes awkwardness is the cost we pay to have those deeper dive questions. Yeah. um, Matt and I have talked about this before of a lot of the time we're trying to eliminate the awkwardness. No, we're not going to talk about your addiction. We're not going to talk about the things that you're doing too much of because it's just going to be awkward. But the cost of that is the deep connection with your family unit. Mm-hmm. And so I just think, I don't know if that doesn't really answer a question, but it's just something that that's weighing on me quite a bit lately.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: What are, what are some of the other, you, you, Matt, take us deeper into you know, what challenges teens face today or what are some of the other misconceptions? Because mm-hmm. there's a lot of labels out there, right? Yeah. For teens these days that they're this, they're that, and, and, and then you just kind of lump a whole generation into one stereotypical yeah. box. What is it that, that gets said and, and, and what's the truth?
2: Yeah. No, absolutely. And I mean, I even used that earlier, you know, bringing up TikTok and Fortnite and stuff. Yes, mm-hmm. like there's a massive amount of adolescents who um, really are into those things, but that also is not the sum of who they are, mm-hmm. as well as also the sum of all adolescents. And so, uh, yeah, I, I think there's a lot mm-hmm. of generalities that are placed upon these generations and, uh, and and just like their behaviors and stuff like, right, we get caught up on that like surface level stuff. but. Uh, uh, but I love what you talked about, about addressing like that pain and stuff that's in there. Because because all the things that we could talk about, like the addictions and everything like that, like that's all pain management. Mm-hmm. And so how can we come alongside students um, and, and show them uh, Jesus and show them love and, and show them what connection actually looks like as opposed to, uh, you know, avoiding it because it's awkward and it's uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, I think with the misconceptions, I think students, as I said before, are much more capable than we give them credit for. Um, and and. I I think that's something that I really love about the generations that we have right now is that um, they seem a lot more open to those uh, more difficult discussions and topics. You know, whether it's mental health or racism or things like that. Yeah. Um, like I, I reflect on my own, uh, like what, what it was like for me to grow up. Like uh, I, I was telling Jordan this the other day when we were talking about this. Like I self-diagnosed myself through Google that I have depression, mm-hmm. um, and so that's not always the best thing to do, right? But uh, <laughs> Doctor I brought it up. Google maybe. <laughs> Yeah. The most trusted source, yeah. yeah. In this case, it was right. <laughs> um, so, I, I brought it up to my best friend at the time, and I'm like, I think I have depression. That was big for me to share that with him, and he was just Huge. like, No, you don't. And I'm like, Oh, like maybe I don't. And then, like, you know, a little while later, I'm in counseling, and they're like, Yeah, you have anxiety and depression, yeah. and so yeah. it's like, Oh, like okay. And so, we want to make sure that that doesn't become our identity, but it's helpful to like understand those things and understand what I might be facing, um, in my own mind. Um, or, or even like for me, um, growing up, I, I, am I'm adopted, uh, but as an Asian person, I didn't see a lot of people like me, especially growing up in Iowa, but even on, uh, in media and stuff like that, I Mm -hmm. I didn't see myself represented. Um, and so I, I, like just, just those kinds of things. I think, uh, minority, um, youth are a lot more open to, um, being, who they are and embracing their ethnic identities and celebrating that. I think um, people who aren't the same ethnic um, identity as them are a lot more open to learning about those mm-hmm. things and celebrating those things. So I think that's really great. Um, mm-hmm. But, but yeah, there's, there's just a lot of uh, stereotypes that are just placed upon students. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and there's just so much more than just those stereotypes to them. Yeah. I'm so glad you,
0: you went there The the truth sets us free. The Bible says, mm-hmm. and, and for you to pinpoint that this generation, one of the hopeful signs is that they're, they, they're willing to have these
3: really deep and honest and, and truth-producing mm-hmm. conversations. To actually hear what they have to say rather than to fulfill the expectations that we prescribe for them mm-hmm. in our culture. Because the culture just lays it on them as well. Like there's all the pressure of being a teenager. And then there's also all the pressure of living up to dad's expectations and mom's expectations and my teammates' mm-hmm. expectations. And Everybody else's expectations, and uh, and then who am I in the middle of all of that? Uh, you know, I'm supposed to I'm supposed to be racially aware now. I'm supposed to be uh, all these different things, and I've noticed, especially with young guys, young mm-hmm. guys have really been struggling with a lot of this stuff, because to be a young man and to say I'm depressed like that takes a strength, absolutely. But it's not seen that way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's it's usually seen as uh, not even just like a weakness, just almost like a, you're weird. Mm. And that stigma has, I think, caused a lot of problems for guys. And so thanks for being a, a model for yeah. for everyone. And I'll go on the record saying I have anxiety and, and ADD. And so mm-hmm. I didn't know that until I was an adult. But students are, they're, they're keenly aware of, of those things. We've had conversations about mental health and students are engaging in that conversation and learning more about that. But not everyone around them is. And because of that, that can be challenging.
4: Yeah. And I think it's our job as youth ministers and the church in general to also make sure they know that anxiety and depression are not their identity. Mm -hmm. They are attached to them and that's not of God, which means it's not of them because we're children of God. And so I think now our job to come alongside them is to say, hey, we know you have this and that doesn't make it less real, but God's got bigger things for you and we can like do this together um mm-hmm. like that type of thing making sure they don't fall into that identity loop of nope this is me it is my anxiety it is my depression you don't own it it's not yours yeah right so. i
3: heard i've heard you say talk about ditches a lot you know one ditch that we could fall into on one side of the road is to just say oh this is who i am yes. I, and i want everyone to know about my mental health issues i want every, and and then there's which can get weird, and then there's the other ditch where it's like let's just sweep sweep everything mm-hmm. under the rug and pretend like it it's not there. There's a tension to live in that I think families uh, in this generation are going to have to uh, explore further and further and further uh, to to have this generation emerge in in a healthy way.
0: Mm-hmm. This weekend, Emily, I'd, I'd like you to speak to this too. We heard a sermon here at Hope West Des Moines from Pastor Ashley. She came down from Hope Ankeny, mm-hmm. and she preached about the um, the pandemic or the epidemic of perfectionism yeah. uh, amongst youth. Mm-hmm. Do you guys see that a lot? Oh, the, yeah. the the pressure mm-hmm. to be perfect, to be uh, a human performing machine. Yeah. Uh, talk about how that contributes to depression mm. and anxiety or how that contributes to the issues that the teens are facing today. Yeah.
1: yeah, I think that that's certainly real. And I think it's also only been magnified by social media and all of those mm. things. And it comes to students from so many ways, So right? Mm -hmm. So like internally they want to be great and they're told that they have to work hard to get to whatever goal they want. Then they feel the pressure of the school systems and, well, I need to be the best at that. And then they feel the pressure from parents and they want that and they want the right post of showing who you are and what you've done and all of that. And so I just, I think they're feeling it. I don't think they always tell you they're feeling it. And so it just builds and it builds and you don't see it. But then it's going to manifest in so many unfortunate ways for that individual. Yeah.
0: And parents and adults, meanwhile, yeah, are like, "Well, I, I want my child to have the best experience, yes. so I'm going to put him on the best teams, and mm-hmm. I'm going to get him into the best schools, and I'm going to get him the best yeah. education, the best classes, and I'm going to motivate him mm-hmm. or her to to get those scholarships, mm-hmm. to to take the next steps in their journey, because you know then they'll be happy. Yeah. But there's something about that that just ends up hollow. Yeah. You know, yeah. I've, I've never met
3: the kid that had it all and then's like, Yeah, I'm happy. Right. I've just never I I've I get to interact with hundreds and hundreds of teenagers and I've mm-hmm. never met the kid that's like, I am truly happy because I have it all.
0: Except the ones who get D one scholarships,
3: right? Oh of course those ones. They have happy.
0: no issues whatsoever. <laughs> uh, uh, Not yeah. Actually their dad is happy. Yeah, Jordan, you were an all state golfer <laughs> in high school, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Did that make you did, uh, did no. that satisfy your soul?
4: No, nor did my D one scholarship. So you know I
0: that, that just blows yeah. my mind. I thought for sure that was it.
4: Yeah, I know. And it's funny in like what you're saying, I think that that kind of goes back to a little bit of what I was saying earlier about the like adolescence and carrying into adulthood. I think sometimes adults can walk along the line of like, well, I didn't succeed in this, so I want my kid to. And that—that's not, not everybody, but I think sometimes we can fall into that. Like we weren't enough then, so I want to make my kid enough then. And yeah. so
0: they're living vicariously through yeah, their kids. Yeah, that's the right word. Yes, yeah. and
4: and I think that's something that I always loved was my parents would sit me down and have a conversation about like. Why are you actually doing this? Yeah. Do you want to be a golfer or not? Or That's do great. you want to be X, Y, and Z? And I mean, my parents are probably gonna be like, oh, that this, she makes it sound like we're perfect. They were not, and they know that. But it was like that conversation that they were willing to have. And I know a ton of people in ministry and parents that are volunteers in ministry that have that same conversation you, with them.
3: You said something really important there. You said, they're not, and I know that. Mm. I grew up with parents... That I'm like, man, I'll never be able to live up to Dad. Mm. I'll never be able to live wow. up to Mom. I'll, I'll never, mm. even my stepdad or my stepmom. Like I grew up with parents that's like, man, they're just such a great example. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, and it's not that I didn't know their imperfections, but I didn't. I grew up feeling kind of unsafe being imperfect, mm-hmm. and that makes it hard to receive God's grace, which yeah. is the foundation of everything. Mm-hmm. And, and so uh, I. I honestly think this perfectionism, yes, is fueled by social media. Yes, it's fueled by by pressure. But then there's this lack of space to be able to be imperfect. Mm -hmm. Uh, And as a recovering perfectionist myself, (laughs) what we do is we tend to say, well, then perfect is to allow space for imperfection. I will be perfect at that. Uh, yeah. do you see what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. You, at, can, you
0: can take pride in how good oh, yeah. you are at not being a perfectionist. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, you're perfect at not being a perfectionist. That's yeah. right. That's right. Yeah.
3: Well, the the good news is that that um, like that can sound very overwhelming and like, well, what do we even do then? Yeah. So where right? Where are we left? The the good news is that there's grace. Like you you literally have to live into grace, and so parents actually get to take the lead in living into imperfection and modeling that and Mm -hmm. so i I love what what your parents uh, did that they they said hey we're not perfect so tell us why you are Mm -hmm. feeling this way i think i think that's huge for parents
0: love this we could go so much further uh, on all these topics it feels like this should be a whole series Mm -hmm. you know and that would be good but that leads into our last question we're going to call this the deeper dive so let's take the plunge it's yeah. question number five, and I think it kind of is going to bring some of these things together because if you're listening to this podcast, you might be a teen you you might be in a youth group, you might be a parent, an adult, a volunteer, you might be seven, hmm. and you're wondering <laughs> what's it going to be like to be a teenager yeah. i i whoever you are, we want to point you to what we all believe in our heart of hearts is um is a huge part of um of of processing all these things, of working through all these things and finding something better uh, along the way.
1: Yeah. So tell us what gives you the most hope for today's students and what concerns you the most.
2: I think uh, what concerns me is things that we've already kind of talked about, but uh, but especially like the various addictions and stuff that mm-hmm. are uh, accepted by our society, right? So with like people look at like drugs and alcohol and they're like, oh, they're like don't do that. And it's like if a kid's struggling with that, then it's like okay, we take them here, we do this, we do that. But then like phones and stuff or video games, it's just like, well, I mean, like that's just kind of normal, or it's like I'm tired of fighting that battle and stuff. And so mm-hmm. I think there's some things that that aren't setting our kids up for success and so I'm not saying get rid of video games or get rid of cell phones it's the devil um, but but uh, we were talking about this too it's like how do we not um, just say no to everything and just like live this uh, you know minimalistic life but but still have those things because there's good and godly things within that right like so, yep. so with phones like kids are so creative on TikTok yeah. and it's just it blows my mind and so it's just like they, they are creating in, in ways that like we never did and so that's incredible that's awesome and i think that can also spark other passions that that kids have um with creating and and things like that but um but so it's it's like don't don't just like be like uh we're 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 boycotting tiktok but it's like how can we come alongside young people and teach them um yeah martin luther
0: started a whole reformation using a recent invention of his day the printing press and without the printing press there would have been no reformation yeah TikTok is neutral. It's not yeah. it's not good or bad. And and so to, like you said, just to ban TikTok completely, that's probably not the answer. Mm-hmm. It, it might be something that needs to be done temporarily in some cases, mm-hmm. but it's it has to be deeper than that because actually TikTok can be used to let our light shine, mm-hmm. and and like you said, students are being creative with that and getting the word out, mm-hmm. uh, whatever the social media, the gram, you know, yeah. uh, <laughs> it, people are watching this mm-hmm. on right. social media a lot, yeah. or listening or tuning in on on a on a podcast cha- platform, mm-hmm. and so it can be used for light shining too, not mm-hmm. just um, you know, well we're gonna numb people's minds, but you yeah. you nailed it, Matt. Not that long ago, on a recent episode, Melissa Dale, who oversees all of our recovery ministries at Hope, mm-hmm. it's been interviewed by Oprah for Grand Out Loud, mm-hmm. so I mean, you know, she's the source. <laughs> uh, she, she's, she, she was talking about addictions, and the first one she mentioned, beyond the obvious, remember? Mm-hmm, yep. Beyond alcohol and other drugs, she said... It's the phone. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's,
0: it's people. It's a dopamine hit. It's mm-hmm. a rush. And then the rest of your life can't compete with that dopamine hit that yeah. you're getting as you're seeing all this stuff just flash by. Got to find some balance mm-hmm. on, on those things. And we got to find some balance for our kids and find ways to, to, um, to let it be something God can use for good yeah. in, instead of for negative. But beyond phones and all those other things, what, what else? Where's, where's the hope?
4: Where's the hope? Um, our students now are just excited for like the next phase. Like They just lived mm. and came out of a pandemic. It came out is a loose term, but um, we're moving into this new way. I think about my current eighth graders that just got confirmed were the group that started at sixth grade where the world was normal, yeah. had a seventh grade that was bizarre uh, with COVID, and then eighth is like, yeah, better, and we're getting in the right direction. And so I think... I think they're helpful for what's next for them. Um, but I also think that, um, the creativity of what is like on social media and all the different things is a really cool opportunity for them. And, and something else I was going to say about, um, the other part of this question, it was, what was the other part? Challenges, right? yeah Or concerns. concerns mm-hmm.
1: you the most. Um,
4: this is not even just about teenagers. This is about just humankind in general. Mm-hmm. We're looking at that, um, is stopping and smelling the roses. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean that not as the cliche term, but, uh, I just lately in my life, Sabbath has become a thing that people have been talking Around about around me. It was in my Bible study last night with my group. Mm -hmm. It was talked about this weekend at Hope Key And I'm like, huh, what are you doing here, God? Um, And I think that we need to start talking about what actually Sabbath means. And it's not a day where, oh, I'm not at school, so therefore I'm just going to go on my phone The whole day or clean my room or whatever no sabbath is this intentional time to make time with god and understand what he's saying in your life and so i think for me is the hope that that our generation now we can teach them fully what sabbath is so they can actually practice it and change the way the world is because the world's fast-paced like everything's like immediate it's right now we need this um how can sabbath play a role in that and so that's kind of a, a whole winded thing but um i think that's important. I'm hopeful for, for that, for our generation, the next generation. I'm glad you brought
0: that up. I I think my generation is lousy at Sabbath. Yeah. I think boomers before me, just right before me, I'm just, I'm an old Gen X. So boomers before me were even worse Mm -hmm. at doing Sabbath. And then I think what we've done is we passed that on to new generations. And then now they're growing up with it and we're out of, we're out of sync. Mm -hmm. We're out of sync with the way God has made things. And since, you know, we're talking about students and youth ministry, This is a serious problem for teens, isn't it? I mean, their schedules are so packed Mm -hmm. and so full. When do they get to breathe in? When do they just get to play? When do they just get to be? When do they just get to go and and be a kid? Mm -hmm. You know, when when do they get to experience childhood? Uh, Because we have them on this track, you know, we we have them on this this adventure that's going to make them perfect. Mm -hmm. Um, And man, that's not the way God wires up.
1: Right. Yeah.
3: When I think about what concerns me most. It's that teenagers don't know who they really are, mm. uh, and who's and whose they are. That's something we say at hope a lot. Yeah. Who, you know who who are you and whose are you, and you know this is a church. And so, of course, the answer is you know you're a child of God, right? We we know that answer. Amen. But
4: mm-hmm.
3: what concerns me is that just like you were saying, their schedules are so packed. Uh, the way that most teenagers live, even the ones that are committed to being at, at, you know, ministry programming, mm-hmm. what concerns me is that the patterns of life that I see are often more reflective of the demands and pressures of the world than they are of saying, you know, uh, I want to be sort of like, you know how teenagers are always classified as a rebel, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, they're They're rebellious. Instead of rebelling against parents, rebelling against a way of life that is not bringing life. And they. I think that so many teenagers, they just don't know who they are. And in a lot of ways, as uh, parents, parents, we have to show them who they are. Sometimes I get people that will say, hey, uh, you know, I, uh, I'll, I'll see them at church and say, hey, where's so-and-so? And they said, oh, they're at home. You know, they. Uh, it's just their choice whether or not they want to come to church. And I said, is it? I, I don't, I think that, That's kind of your call, Mom. I think that's your call, Dad. Like, you you can tell them you're going. This is who we are. This is is what we do. And there's going to be a day where they'll be able to decide for themselves and choose what actions to take. But uh, we get to lead as parents in our families, and and we get to show them who they are. And I get get concerned uh, that a lot of people, out of a desire to help them choose faith for themselves— they, they neglect to help guide them towards who they are and who's they are. And so uh, yeah. I think that it's important, man, it's important to have kids in church every single week. I think it's important. I know that sounds so cliche for a pastor to say, <laughs> but I mean it. I, I really think there's something to, even if they sit there and they're just grouchy and they're just, they got their arms crossed and they're like, or they're, they're like on their phone, just be. Yeah. Being there says something about who you are as a family.
0: Two two things on that one r- real quick. One is don't underestimate what the Holy Spirit can do while they're bored. That's right. Uh, and how, um, how he can break through. And the second thing is um, I wish I had the actual specific source. I can't remember, but I know it's valid. And I, I remember reading this and it just blew me away because it surprised me. It surveyed thousands and thousands of, of teens. Uh, I can't remember the age. I think it was 13 to 17 and said what is it you want from your parents more than anything else? And the answer, number one, by far, wasn't even close, was tell me who I am. It, it, a lot of different ways, but it came out as tell me where the lines are. Tell me where the – I need you to be my parent, not my friend. I mean, mm-hmm. sure, be friendly, yes, that's great. But I need somebody to put some boundaries around me, some guidelines. I need someone to, to, to say this is you and this isn't you. And when we say um, you don't have to come. You know, and and do these things that are good for you. You don't have to go to school, you yeah. don't have to go to church, you don't have to, you know, learn some disciplines. You don't have to uh, in life. Um, I think we're doing a huge disservice. Uh, at, and and we call it love, and we call it well, we're we're being really kind of cool parents. <laughs> think of like. Um, the the modern family parent you know yeah. I'm the cool dad uh-huh. I, I know all the songs from from High School Musical I, yeah. and he does the whole dance oh, thing Phil Phil yeah. Yeah. Know, Dunphy right Phil, yep. Phil. Uh, maybe a little less Phil Dunphy yeah, right? yeah. and, and no. a little bit a little bit more of uh, the Andy Griffith character on Mayberry that, wow that's a blast wow. yeah, I was going to oh, say that yeah. that
3: went that went in <laughs> a direction I don't that, have any reference a of a good dad from TV today <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry well that's another problem
4: yeah. we're just, talking about yeah yeah it is but
0: I think we need to Tell kids the good news. It's really good news. This is who you are. Are kids still hungry for God?
3: Yes. Yes.
4: Well, I think what tells you they're hungry for God is the amount of invitations that have been done like as hope. Think of how we've grown. That doesn't happen because we're really good preachers. Yeah. It happens like that is actually probably my biggest hope for the generation that we're teaching right now is they invite their friends mm. yeah. and they're not afraid to invite their friends. I don't, it's hard for me to be like, Hey neighbor, do you want to go to church? <laughs> yeah. But yeah. they're like, yeah, I go to this youth ministry. You want to come? Yeah. And I think that's like where the hope is to see yeah. how big the hope is at Hope. <laughs> Imagine that. Yeah. But yeah. so <laughs> see what you so, did that. Yeah. like that. But anyway. Because well, uh, it points them to Jesus, mm-hmm. right? Yeah.
3: That's that's at the end of the day, that's the good news, is that who are you? You are loved by God. Yeah. And it's because of Jesus.
2: Yeah. I heard a youth minister say in Memphis, uh, kids don't need more passion. They just need permission. And so I think
3: that there's just so
2: much passion in our students. Um, but we've already kind of talked about the busyness and some other obstacles and stuff, but, but it's just such a rare place to be. And it just blows my mind still where it's like, we could do all kinds of different things if we wanted to. It's like, um, but, but there's just not enough daylight. Right. Um, but, but the kids I, I see as just being really passionate and being really excited. Like I told you about that volunteer on the last day of Power Life this year. But even mm-hmm. students, they were talking, um, being like, why is this the last day? Like, why doesn't it go on for like another month and right. stuff? Um, mm-hmm. And so it's just like, I've never heard students say that before, you know, <laughs> no. uh, it's like, <laughs> I can tell you when I went through confirmation, nobody, including yeah. me in the confirmation class is like,
0: let's keep going. Come on. This is great. That's why we have ignition, right? Yep. Yeah. Exactly. The high school yeah. ministry. Yep. Emily, so what do you think of all this you're you're I think kind it's of good. like I want
1: to add something yeah. I think that a lot of this boils down to identity I also think it boils down to connection Ooh. Mm-hmm. and so I think it's easy to look at a generation and say look how obsessed and addicted they are to their phones well what's in that phone their hmm. friends are Yep. and so some of that is really real for them and there's this fear that if they don't keep up <laughs> then they're not going to be where all the people are. Yeah. And so the good news is that the church has a role in that. Like, right? Why do they want to keep coming on a Wednesday night? Because they're, they're experiencing relationship there and they're experiencing yeah. leaders pouring into them and friends being there who are talking about deep things that they actually do want to hear about, whether they look like they do or yeah. not. They're <laughs> listening. And if I'm a parent hearing this and I'm hearing it's all about identity... It's also good news that the church has a place there because just by bringing them here, you're, you're speaking into that identity. Mm-hmm. And that's good news.
0: It's identity and it's that connection. It's community, yeah. like you said, and that we gotta, we got to point to. And So it's, it's a challenge. It's a challenge mm-hmm. for the church. It's a challenge for parents. It's a challenge for volunteer leaders. It's a challenge for youth ministers. But I can tell you, knowing what I know about you guys and about you, Emily, and I know what my heart beats for. Is there's this undeniable reality that the one we point these students to is um, is a savior. Mm-hmm. I mean it's, that that word is not to be like minimized. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He saves. Uh, he's he's the one who can save from all the all the stuff that we've talked about. He's the one who saves and not just for eternal life in heaven although i don't want to i hate it when we minimize that <laughs> yeah. like oh well that's a nothing that's pretty big and yeah. we're going to really appreciate that <laughs> yeah. you know forever yeah. but for new life right now for mm-hmm. hope right now for relationships like you're saying emily for connections for 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 getting face to face with other friends who who genuinely you've become sisters and brothers in christ mm-hmm. and youth ministers and volunteer leaders who truly love you who really truly care about you and that's the beauty of church and it's a mess, right? It's a hypocritical group of of imperfect, uh, fallen people who make all sorts of mistakes, and it's absolutely the hope of the world. And talking to you guys gives me a lot of hope. Uh, and it gives me a lot of hope for the church um, and, and what it is that we're doing here um, and what you're doing here. So thanks for tuning in we will we're going to pick this up again next season we're going to have you guys back we're going to just do chapter two of this conversation because there's so much more for us to cover and to, and to talk about but uh, that'll be it for now thanks you guys uh, thanks for having thank us. you God loves you we love you god loves you even more remember that one um, and he's the one who sends his savior uh, to make all things new we'll catch you next time
1: Thanks for joining us today. Please click like, share it with a friend, and subscribe so we can see you next time.